0: Since debuting Vault 76 last year, in honor of America's tercentenary, vault Tech continues to expand with plans for well over 100 vaults around the country. And now our exclusive coverage of the continuing volatile situation will come China.
1: A magical place called Vault 76. It protected the best and the brightest of the land from the ravages of the world above. While the surface was burned by nuclear fire and overrun with monsters of radiation and mutation, the people of the vault lived safe and secure, preparing for the day when they would emerge into the new world. Before the plague, before Reclamation Day, and before our residents would become the heroes and villains of a much larger story, it was their time in the vault that helped shape their destiny. As the night draws near, grab a warm glass of milk and a fancy lad snack cake, and sit back as we present Bedtime Stories, Tales from Vault 76. Once upon a time, many years ago, in a place called Vault 76, the best and brightest of the old world were safe from the ravages of nuclear fire and destruction. This is not their story. But tonight, we follow a lost soul who wandered from the hills of Tennessee to Appalachia, trying to escape her past. Instead, she went from the frying pan into the fire, The wasteland can be a cruel and unforgiving place. Happy endings are as rare as hen's teeth. But just when you think the story is over, we find a new one is just beginning.
2: Just where the hell am I?
3: You're dying, Red.
2: Well, shit. A long time ago, my pa once told me that I needed to get busy living or get busy dying. And I guess I managed to do both. It's a hell of a thing, life, that is. Seen my fair share of a good and a whole lot of bad. Try to do right by my kin, just like my mom-pa taught me. Blood is thicker than liquor. They'd always say. What to do when there ain't no blood left? Guess that's why I'm here, for at least a little while longer. Not that I was afraid of dying, just never planned on my grave being in some godforsaken swamp in the ass end of Appalachia.
3: You've had a good run, Red. Most folks would have given up the ghost a long time ago.
2: I'm pure Tennessee hill folk. We're stubborn as hell and just as hard to kill. Just ask old Johnny Law. Or those fucking Reavers.
3: You're a long way from those hills, Red.
2: Not by choice there, mister. My kin lived in those Tennessee hills for as long as anyone could remember. We was original Moonshiners, all the way back to when people decided alcohol was the devil's own and outlawed it. Raysdale <laughs> raised hell, cooked their shine, and no one could tell them their business. The law tried to put a stop to them plenty of times. No one knew the hill country like our kin. Great granddad Percy got himself into the gun business. Rest of the families around, all shiners too, needed plenty of guns and Percy, well, he decided it'd be better that he'd sell them than some city slicker from up north. Guns and shine. That was what our people brewed and sold. Didn't even stop when the bombs dropped. Took care of old Johnny Lawman, and we didn't give a damn about what happened outside our neck of the woods anyway. Folks told stories at the first couple waves of city folk who tried to make a go of it. We helped some, but others took a bad turn. That's where old Percy's legacy came in. Wasn't long before most had gone to find greener pastures. We didn't get all the strange creatures and monsters you got here, but there was some. Pa even gave me Percy's old service rifle, passed down in the family. My folks figured they weren't going to have another kid, so it was all mine. My... Love my folks, loved all my kin, all of us, Mick and shine and trading with the first caravans coming out of Knoxville and Point South. Pa taught me everything he knew about trading, being honest. Up front and don't take shit from no one. That sign, if the caps are there, we don't care. That was my paw. ruined through.
3: Sounds like a pretty good life there, Red.
2: Wasn't bad at all, you know? Of Course, I didn't know no better either. So I just took it as it went. Learned to read and write mostly. And had a pretty good eye for trades too. The ones you could trust and the ones you needed to watch always figured I'd end up with a family on my own, maybe a shop, a few stills. But then the Reavers came. The
3: Reavers? Were they Raiders?
2: Carneys originally, if you believe it. Down the hills from us were these two big tourist places, Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg. I never saw them, but Ma told me all the stories. Crazy museums, carnival rides, and all kinds of stuff. For the city folk to spend their money on, all that ended when the bombs dropped. No more tourists, no more money. Guess they tried to hold things together for a few years after, but it got bad, real bad. Uncle Jimmy had gone down and did a bit of trading with them, but after a few trips, he came back as white as a sheet. Said those folks had done gone all crazy like, and no one could pay him to go back down the mountain. Cousin Andy. He weren't too much older than me, though never had the brains I did. At least that's what Pa said. Took that as a dare. He and a few others snuck out with a load of shine and some guns, looking to make some quick caps. They never came back. Now most folks weren't worried at first. Kids are kids, they said. Figured they'd be back in a week or so. But after a month, that's when the family decided to do something. A bunch of the men got together their own posse and headed down the mountain too found Andy and his friends long dead. Those carnies killed him, ate them up, and hung up the bones as trophies. They were calling themselves the Tennessee Reavers now. Surprised it didn't get out of hand right there and then, but there were too many of them, and our guys figured it wouldn't do their families any good to get killed for nothing. Pa told me it was the cost of doing business and Andy fucked up. You don't go out looking for problems and sure as hell don't trust someone you don't know. So,
3: so what happened after that?
2: So, so here I was, getting older, helping out more. Met Jimmy boy. And I went steady for a while. Busted my cherry too, back behind the old barn. He was good for a roll in the hay, but dumber than a box of rocks. was nice to have him around, but we was mostly friends after that. Didn't see much future there, and I wasn't aiming to settle down just yet. That's around the time everything changed. Fucking Reavers sent a war party up into the hills. Guess they was getting tired of raiding down in the valleys, and were looking for fresh meat. At first, they took us by surprise. They killed the Martins, the McGalley's, even wiped out most of the Sawyers. But these were our hills, and once we saw them coming, Mom and Pa got the whole family together, and we went to war. Killed my first Reaver, and my second. Lost track after a while. Percy's rifle might have been old, but I cared for that thing like my life depended on it. Cause it did. Shot straight as an arrow, and we had plenty of ammo for that old girl too. After a few months, the Reavers stopped coming after us. Figured they'd gone to fight other folks to bother. Probably also didn't like the winter up there neither. Cause the snows were deep and we sure as shit could hide better in it than they could get through it.
3: Raiders don't often just go away.
2: That's true, darling. Come spring, them reavers came back. But not to fight. Just to talk, they said. Even brought stuff to trade. Said they'd pay top dollar for our shine and would make peace as long as they got exclusivity or some such. Said it was a good deal. Just cut off our business with the caravans and split the caps. They figured it was more than worth it. Pa just laughed at him. Said no one told his kin what to do or who they could trade with. Them Reavers would have to pay just like everyone else, and fair was fair. Your father sounds like quite the man. Loved my Pa. Always wished I could be as strong and smart as him. Not all the hill folks felt the same. Didn't know it at the time. But some of the family took them Reavers' caps and turned on the rest of us. Shit. Should have seen it coming. But hell, we was family. Blood was supposed to be thicker than liquor.
3: What happened, Red?
2: Pa loaded me up with Shine. Sent me a ways down south for a big trade. Jimmy boy hitched a ride. Figured he wanted to keep me warm at night. Something didn't feel right. Hated leaving my folks. But business was business. We was on our way back when we got the news. Reavers set a trap for my folks, lured them to a meeting with other families to talk about a new deal. Fucking Reavers killed them all, even the turncoats, because they wanted everything for themselves. And Jimmy Boy you nearly know, pissed his pants, said we needed to run before the Reavers found us, told him to go fuck off, that we don't run. These hills were ours. I weren't gonna let no shit-eating raider take what's mine. Kill my folks.
3: It was just you against a whole gang of raiders?
2: Like I said, we don't run. Set a trap of my own. Sent word to the reavers that I wanted to make a deal. Give them our secret stash, Show them where we kept the weapons and turn over the caps. If they agreed to let me go fair and square. Told them I wanted a clean slate just enough to start over somewhere else. Now, if any of my kin, those fucking traitors had lived. They couldn't have told those ravers that I was smarter than that. Would have figured it was a trap. But that's not how a raider mind works. Probably figured one little girl wasn't much to deal with. Take me and do whatever they wanted, and eventually I'd give up the goods anyway. So I set up at the homestead. Just me. Fuckers showed up the next day like they owned the place. Must have been 20 or 30 of them. Plus the boss. Could tell because the big skull crown he wore. They all laughed when I came out. Had my father's long coat, Percy's rifle. Said I wouldn't be needing any of that. That i looked better in a nice frilly dress. The fucker. I just put on a smile and told them I was looking forward to it. Those shit eaters. Could tell they was fucking me with their eyes. Then the boss asked where the stash was. Was all polite the first time, too. I just smiled again. Could tell he didn't have a lot of patience and ordered his crew to check the barn and warn me that he could go easy or he could go hard. My choice. I told him I liked it hard, which got a laugh out of him. Noticed a few guys outside the barn had pulled up their guns, not quite pointing at me, but not pointing away, neither. Boss was getting pretty pissed now, yelled at me. So I finally pointed to the other side of the barn, told him it was all in the old storm cellar. Bucker thanked me. He fucking thanked me.
3: It's okay, Red. I'm so sorry.
2: Darling, I got the last word though. Boss went over and took a hold of that cellar door and pulled, and all his guys but a couple who were on me, were standing around him. First lesson Pa taught me about Sean? It's explosive. Really explosive. Might have gone a little overboard, cause the whole barn was blown sky high. Knocked us all off our feet. I was expectant though, and me and Percy's rifle took care of the other two before they even got back on their feet. Then the rest of the homestead started going up. Guess pod soared a lot more shine under the barn than even I knew. I hightailed it out there, back up the hills to an old family cabin they used to use when the law came sniffing around. Figured the Reavers would bury their dead and slink on back to the Pigeon Forge. Probably figured I was dead too anyways. A few days later, that good-for-nothing Jimmy boy showed up. He got his courage back up and after hearing what happened, came looking. Only he and maybe two other people left alive knew about that cabin. So maybe he weren't so dumb after all. That's when he told me. Fucking Reaver boss weren't dead. Earned real bad. Laid up. But he was out for blood. My blood. Put the biggest damn bounty on my head I'd ever heard of. Part of me thought Jimmy Boy was gonna turn me in. that this was a trap. But nah. He couldn't get enough of me. Still thought he could get in my pants, I guess said we needed to get the hell out of Tennessee. It'll lead on a caravan job up north in Appalachia. they pay top caps for hard work. I wasn't all right in the head that day, I guess. We talked, drank shine, drank some more, and damn if I didn't let him fuck me. Guess I needed it. Needed not to be alone. I was so out of it, Jimmy boy put some paper in front of me, and I think I signed it. He was gone the next morning. Left me a note saying he was on his way to Appalachia. That I was to follow him in a few days. Gave me a meeting point up there and some people I should talk to. Had no fucking idea what I was getting myself into. But I sure didn't want my head on a pike either. So leaving was best.
3: That's how you ended up at the Big Bend Tunnel with Vinny and that caller?
2: Fucking Vinny. What a paid good caps to get my hands around that damn neck of his. Guess that ain't never gonna happen. But still a slight better than whatever those damn Reavers had planned for me, or be part of the Jimmy Boys stew after those big green lugs made him their lunch. Still couldn't have happened to a better asshole. Maybe dying ain't so bad. It's been a good run. But what I wouldn't give to settle scores, or to see those Tennessee hills... Just one more time. You know, you never did say who you was.
3: I'm no one special, Red. I just collect stories like yours and make sure they aren't forgotten.
2: So damn tired. So dark. Feels like I'm floating, darling. Just lay here for a while.
3: Well, Red, maybe, just maybe. Appalachia isn't quite done with you.
1: Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people a vault dweller and a California girl. They met, and sparks blue that's when things got interesting once upon a wasteland is their story follow elizabeth kirby and odessa valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic appalachian wasteland of fallout 76 available on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and many other podcasting platforms once upon a wasteland A Fallout 76 love story. Available now.
0: Are you out of your mind? Why the hell did you bring her here? Your friend? This is that one from the mire? You shouldn't have gotten involved. They could have found you. Worse, they could have hurt you. And you know what happened if they took you back. All right, all right. Boy, She is in rough shape. You're lucky she didn't die on the way here. I don't know how much I can do. Stop the bleeding, maybe. But she might not pull through. First, I need to get this collar off of her. Thank goodness I've seen these things before. Let me get to work. And please, would you take Shep outside with you? It's pretty cramped in here anyways without him taking up most of the space. Things I do for you. Well, I don't know who you are, but antlers doesn't take a shine to most folks. Now, where did I put that gauze? And... There. The collar is off, but she's dying, Antlers. There isn't anything else I can do. She's lost a lot of blood. No. No way, Uh uh-uh. You can't ask me to do that. You have no idea what that would do to her, even if it did save her life. We don't even know how old those samples are. It could just kill her all the same, or worse. Don't give me those eyes. You know that's not fair. Ah, you are the worst sometimes. Fine, but she's your responsibility. And if she becomes something else, are you willing to do what's necessary? <laughs> I hope you're right. And she's probably gonna die anyway. A shame. Alright, please put those puppy dog eyes away and bring me the samples. Well, Miss Red, if this works, you might live but I have no idea what else might happen. I hope Antlers is right. Otherwise, this is going to get really messy. And I'm sorry. This is going to hurt.
2: dropped a house on my head.
3: Red struggled to open her eyes and wish away the pain throbbing in her skull, and the soreness that seemed to be wrapped around her entire body.
0: Well, looks like you didn't die after all. <laughs> hey, that was a joke, okay? Okay, can you please go get her some water?
3: Finally opening her eyes, all Red could see were blurry outlines of the bed she was lying in, and someone standing a few feet away.
0: I wouldn't recommend moving around too much. You're still recovering, amongst other things. But you most definitely are not dead.
3: Red saw someone else enter the room and pass something to the other one, who now walked closer, revealing herself to be a young woman wearing some kind of reddish jumpsuit and glasses.
2: Who?
0: Here, drink some water first. There you go. Slowly, honey, not too fast. You're probably a little hungry too, but let's take it easy, okay? Thank you. You're welcome, Miss Red. I'm surprised you pulled through. And you're mostly you, which is good, too, for all of us. Yes, yes, I'll tell her. Just give me and her a minute, please? Thank you. Where
2: am uh You're in my home.
0: Well, our home, really. A little hideaway from the rest of Appalachia. And I'm Cherry. And you already know my friend Antler, don't you?
3: Red's eyes went wide with surprise as the strange woman with real antlers stepped closer, finally coming into focus with a huge smile on her face.
2: A- antlers?
3: Seems
0: she was your guardian angel. After the incident, in which she discovered that you'd been followed, she decided to follow you. At a distance, of course. Man, you got get yourself into quite the mess. Antlers took a huge risk rescuing you. I can't say that I would have done the same, unless there was Kim's involved. But antlers is, well,
3: antlers. Red was both heartily confused and relieved at the same time. She didn't remember much after getting shot, only broken images of what happened at the vertibird, the explosions and more gunfire, and then being picked up and carried before losing consciousness. She imagined it must have been Antlers and her big ship who saved her. As incredible as that sounded, and if she hadn't understood what Antlers was before, even now she might not have believed it. Red's throat was dry and she gladly accepted another drink of water, wincing as her head continued to throb.
2: Oh. A bit of a headache? Yeah. Damn painful.
3: Antlers made some grand gestures with her hands before poking Cherry in the shoulder and repeating them.
0: I was getting to that. It's not just something I'm going to blurt out, okay?
3: Red watched Antlers cross her arms and stomp her feet, giving Cherry a stern look. Cherry rolled her eyes and sighed.
0: Miss Red, darling. It's just Red. Okay, Red. I don't know if there's an easy way to tell you, but maybe you ought to feel that head of yours. I think it'll explain why you have a bit of a headache."
3: Red gave Cherry a quizzical look before slowly raising her hand to her head. Her chin, nose, and forehead were all fine, but it was when she tried to pat her head that something got in the way.
2: What the hell? Here
0: Red, you might want this.
3: Cherry reached over and picked up a small mirror and put it in Red's other hand. As she traced her hand along whatever was on her head, Red held up the mirror and then nearly dropped it.
2: It it can't be.
0: It's a very long story, but the thing that kept you from dying made a few other changes.
3: Red raised the mirror again and turned her head from side to side. She forgot all about the pain and the soreness and instead slowly closed her other hand around a perfectly formed sheep's horn, two in fact growing directly from her scalp. The fact that she could feel every bit of them as she squeezed, Then traced her finger along and drove home that these were real, very real.
2: Are you okay, Red? I I don't know. What the hell happened to me? What am I?
3: Antlers could tell that Red was getting upset, so she ran over to the bedside and threw her arms around her and gave her a big hug. Tears rolled down the side of Red's face as she tried to get her head around what she had seen and what she had felt. Antlers looked at her and slowly brushed the tears away before turning to Cherry and making a series of signs.
0: Antlers says that you are you with extras. It's a bit more complicated than that, and I promise I will explain everything. First, we need to
2: get you better, though. Antlers said she had the same problem with headaches, but they do go away. I just, I just can't believe. I must be dreaming, darling, am I?
3: Antlers just smiled and hugged Red again, before booping around her nose and getting back up.
0: I can tell. The next few days are gonna be interesting. How about this, Red? If you're feeling up for it, I'll make some food and then we can really talk, deal?
3: Red reached back up and felt her horns again. It was like she was stuck in some kind of old storybook and more confused than ever, but she'd be damned if she wouldn't get to the bottom of all of this.
2: Darling, we got a hell of a lot of talking to do, and damned if I don't feel like I could eat a whole Brahmin, But first something's poking me in the behind, and it's getting darn uncomfortable.
3: Antlers smiled, and Cherry had this mischievous grin on her face.
2: Oh that? That's your tail. You'll get used to it. Ma what
0: Hi, I'm FireWriter, and I'm the host of The Pixel People, a podcast dedicated to taking a close look at our favorite characters from our favorite video games, from major characters who define the course of a game's storyline to smaller characters who you might have never noticed. Every week, we go beyond the quest line to examine a particular character's story arc and choices, and discover the real-world parallels and life lessons hidden just below the surface. I hope you'll join us. You can find the Pixel People on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts.
3: Thank you again, members, for joining us here for a very special mini series of The Modus Files, Bedtime Stories, Tales from Vault 76. If you've enjoyed this content, please subscribe, and better yet, please leave a review to help others find our little enclave. You can also follow us on Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, and Instagram for more information about our podcast, Fallout 76 content, and random musings on the Enclave. I'd also like to thank our cast, Chrissy Williams as Trader Red, Cherry Pixel as Cherry, Antlers as herself, and introducing Wendy Nowaseski as the Overseer. We'd like to give a huge shout out to the Writing Worlds Discord, home to a great group of fellow creators, the Robots Radio podcast community, and the rest of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and Jeremiah Johnson, our favorite character artist who provided the wonderful character artwork you can find on our website. Season 3 of The Modus Files will be coming soon. Lastly, thank you to all of our subscribers and supporters. God bless the Enclave, and God bless America.